Welcome to In Between. Do you hear something? Right, you hear nothing. That's because since the last three weeks, Daddy has been in a lockdown and uh, I'm here, a lockdown in this flat all by myself. It's very strange to hear Daddy so silent, apart from the ambulance sirens, which we hear all the time. Yeah, it has uh, definitely changed our lives very fast. Of course, I'm getting all of these news and videos sent by people from Europe and especially Switzerland and people asking me if I'm fine and uh, how the situation is going. And most of the time I want to tell them that I don't know more than you know, because I'm also just seeing these videos which you are seeing. I, I'm here in my own neighborhood, in my society where, I mean, I'm comfortably locked down in my own flat. I'm... I can still go out and buy like groceries. I can take a walk in the park in the evening. So for me, it's not that bad. So all these horrors, I don't get to see them. But definitely by now, everyone I know has COVID. All my friends, a lot of people I know have lost someone. So it's quite outrageous and it's quite scary. And I'll not go too much into it because you can read it in the news yourself. I also got to see the horrors or got to understand the horrors relatively close when a friend's father was in a critical state and um, my friends frantically had to search on social media in Facebook groups, Twitter, Instagram for an oxygen cylinder or information where to get a cylinder and where they drove with the bike across the whole city where they called up so many numbers in order to find one empty or full and uh, verifying all of these numbers and once they had it then they had to find oxygen to fill it up they had to stand in line for eight hours and the people who have been filling these cylinders had been working for three days straight so then they went on a break and so they waited even longer and the police came and said okay all of you who knows how to fill oxygen please raise your hand and whoever raised his hand these people then were delegated to fill uh, to keep filling the oxygen cylinder before the other people come back. So the kind of state things are in is crazy. Also the fact that if you need oxygen and you have to go to a hospital, you need to bring your own oxygen in many places. Also finding a bed in a hospital that was quite difficult and again required a big network on social media. But also like how people help each other like that was really beautiful to see how people share information about people seeking help about people knowing about beds in hospitals or oxygen cylinders so that was kind of beautiful to see but that it's necessary is quite scary yeah but here I don't get much of it which makes me feel bad in a way I cannot help much because I don't have a big social network and also I feel relatively sheltered I mean I hear the ambulances and everything but I don't get to see anything yeah, in the evenings I'm taking walks in the park and there I observed a wedding and usually here a wedding is a big thing with a carriage and a horse and a big public ritual and there were barely no people dancing around the carriage which also made me feel really bad about that groom and also made me feel bad for a friend of mine who was having his wedding and who had invited me and to whose wedding I didn't go because I was in contact with people who were positive and I chose to isolate myself but and nothing has happened to me so far 
but uh, yeah that was very sad to see and uh, also one day because of being inside all the time I went out uh, with a friend on just on the bike in the evening to just roam around the city and that was also a very interesting experience because yeah just seeing the city I love so much which has been here for centuries and seeing it in that chapter of its life where it's incredibly empty where streets which I only know full of cars as an ocean of cars are completely empty shopping streets that usually are very have a lot of light and are so bustling and loud uh, which are completely dark and empty there's no one and also when you drive like out of the city so at that point there was like uh, we could smell the rain in the air we could hear the thunder growling over us and we could see like the skyscrapers and the high-rising buildings like could see the silhouettes of them like far away and that was uh, really beautiful especially then seeing the lightning coming and striking it it was surreal and also kind of apocalyptic but somehow I it felt good to go out and at least see real life again even though we are not touching anything or not interacting with it but yeah it's a very surreal moment one thing which keeps me sane is uh, cooking I'm trying to teach myself some Indian cooking, calling up friends, asking for their recipes, trying things out. So that has been something which uh, gave me a lot of fun lately. And I want to share with you uh, an entry into my diary, which I just found, which I did a couple of uh, days ago. How fast the world changes. Today, slight rain outside my window and soulful vessels. Locked down alone flat, a terrace, and ample space to surround myself with my thoughts, experiencing what my own energy feels like for once. In the evenings, masked walks in the park. I am stared at like a blue dog while walking. But then I realize that I am staring at people in equal curiosity. It seems surreal that I am here in this dusty park on a hill, surrounded by people in colorful clothes whose lives are for the most part hard to imagine for me. When I sit down and observe the playground, the people and houses, suddenly a feeling of community overcomes me. We are all facing the same situation, in our very different particularities, of course. All of us out to escape our tight homes for a bit. All of us on the phone connecting with loved ones and high above the park, people stepping out on their terraces to breathe and observe the sunset. As if me, everyone around me, the whole city took one long breath in, now holding it together in anticipation of what life ahead. Then of course I want to talk a little bit about my research, but I realized lately that I find it very difficult to talk about my research in my podcast, mainly because I feel like my informants have signed up to be anonymously part of my research but maybe not to feature in a podcast or their stories being talked about in a podcast. So I kind of don't want to talk too much about them. It doesn't feel right somehow, but I also want to, of course, talk about uh, my research in my podcast. So that has been a bit of a dilemma of mine lately. And another dilemma is I met so, had so many interesting encounters, uh, heard so many interesting stories of people which do not really fit my research, but which I still, and maybe wouldn't m 
straight into the podcast either, but which I still would like to process somehow or process the thoughts I had about it somehow, express it somehow. And uh, for the first time I'm playing with the idea that maybe I would like to write a book, which is more based on my personal experiences in between where all of these stories could fit in. But uh, for now it's just an idea. So anyway, I'll try to talk about my research as good as I can without revealing too much about my informants and still feeling uh, good about it. So I found two people, and I'm still on the lookout for more, who kind of fit the exactly the in-between I'm looking for. One is a guy from a very traditional Muslim background who had a very interesting life story and somehow ended up studying in, uh, in Delhi, where a lot of his, the beliefs he used to hold over Islam, a lot of his perspectives on life changed. Uh, changed so much that by now he's not Muslim enough anymore for his old environment, for his family, although he was had a lot of prestige there. But he's also kind of stays the Muslim person when he's with his friends because he's maybe not liberal enough or maybe not secular enough or he just stays the Muslim whatever he does. So this results in a lot of internal questions and a lot of conflicts and a lot of dilemmas. And uh, yeah, so that person is really bridging two worlds and really fit. The other person I found was also a guy who is from a lower caste, but who went to a really good school, mostly surrounded by upper caste people who has taken on a lot of interests, which shares a lot of interests and hobbies with them. So that by now he more connects with upper caste people even though he can never be fully accepted because in the end he's not upper caste. Uh, when at the same time he doesn't connect with his lower caste peers so much anymore or it's difficult for him to connect. And he also doesn't have the very traditional narrative of a lower caste person of a lot of humiliation and a lot of just the very, his upbringing was too privileged in that sense. So for him, these two worlds are at play like every day. And similarly, he kind of bridges two worlds. So he also really fits. Of course, I'm still in contact with all the German women who married Indian men, but I'm less and less sure how they fit into the picture. I need to find out. Another group of people I found are people for whom the second context in their life came, came into their lives very early mostly people who migrated from one region, grew up in one region in India and then at a very early age went to the other one and kept coming back and who would now say rather than saying we are in between, saying that we are confused, never really know which language to speak, which behavior, how to talk, how to behave because they kind of learned both and they know how to function in both but somehow there's a lot of confusion there. Um, I did find that very interesting. I don't know yet how it's going to fit, but yeah. One more thing I noticed is uh, the in-between as a process. So maybe in the beginning, everything is still exciting or one is one dislikes everything. But the in-between only starts to start. So once a person understands the new context, maybe gets transformed by it or basically after the phase where that person is excited about it or stops uh, categorically rejecting everything. So at that phase, the in-between starts. But at the same time, it seems to me that the in-between is not equally strong through my informant's lives. After a while, for a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them, it seems to get kind of normalized. 
and it's not every day oh i'm so in between or am i this am i that but it becomes not so acute anymore not so present anymore it takes a back seat for a while and there i'm interested in what are the moments when it comes to the front again what happens yeah what happens then or how is it like this for most people is it a process yeah what happens when you when it gets normalized so there's a lot of questions around that which i have and i feel like i have to take more into account what kind of environments my informants have built for themselves today with what kind of people do they surround themselves where do they settle in one of the two worlds in both of them in between uh, yes another thing i've realized is uh, a kind of external internal divide that seems to play a big role in the in between so that sometimes the way a person experiences themselves in a certain surrounding or a certain context is different from how other people experience that person for example uh, with the german ladies who have lived in delhi for 30 years and speak hindi know all the festival days and everything when then again the same the people surrounding them forget that they speak hindi forget that they know everything about the festival and have been here so long then i feel it's kind of not congruent how they experience themselves to be in a context and how other people experience them or perceive them and how they show it to them so it's kind of an ordering and i feel like at that moment there something happens which is maybe painful or also difficult or at least shapes the in between experience so that kind of internal external divide of self perception another interesting thing is that the in between seems to be sensed in or mostly felt and sensed in the in uh, very banal things especially when it comes to tastes and preferences it seems to me that the in between gets most obvious to my informants when it's about connecting or not connecting with others over things like movies music interests hobbies and when they cannot connect because of that one girl said that very like described how coming from the northeast how her cousins are all interested in korean culture they know how to how to draw mangas and everything but a, a world which is kind of alien to her or she doesn't have that much interest while they would ask her who is shahrukh khan like the biggest bolly king of bollywood which plays a big role in the context where she spent most of her life and how in these small things or not being able to talk about the same movies or hangout spots or music that not being able to connect there or on these things how that seems to become a big space where the in between plays out why where one realizes that one actually doesn't belong there anymore or yeah i find it interesting how it comes out in such banal things and i want to pay more yeah more attention to these preferences and tastes Another thing I'm realizing is that a lot of my informants lead a relatively lonely existence. Not that they are physically lonely, or that a lot of people uh, they don't have anyone around them. They have friends, they have families, but more that the experience of this in between seems to be a very lonely one, because no one else really seems to be able to understand it, and that there is a gap that can't be crossed, which they face. with a lot of people or between their worlds. Another interesting thing is that a lot of people said that they think they have always been outsiders and one could think that because they always felt as outsiders or always knew that they don't want to live here that they uh, because of that 
started to look for something else or something different. Or maybe that it's the other way around, that that interest for something different maybe made them outsiders, but it's interesting that a lot of people talk about it. Another thing I'm noticing is how my perception of good weather days and bad weather days starts to change. Although I really love it that I have sunshine and blue sky in Delhi every day. I really love that it's like living in paradise. I realize how slowly I start to appreciate days where there are clouds, days where there is rain, because uh, of course they cool the air, but it's also a nice change. And I don't know, people ascribe all kinds of romantic things to rain here and... Uh, I start to understand why, and it's funny how my weather perception starts to change. Another thing I've realized a lot was uh, that I'm experiencing a certain, or I experienced especially before the lockdown, a certain lack of connection, that sometimes I felt a lot of social interactions. I am not able to really connect with people or to understand what's going on or Maybe it's because people here like to hang out in big groups and I rather like conversations with a few people, but the conversations that go deeper, that I felt I'm somehow not really able connect to connect and with the topics or the mode of conversation. But then again, I got certain voice messages from friends and I, yeah, friends back home who said, oh, you're so lucky, you can travel and experience something new and we, we are like here, we, can, we couldn't go on a holiday for so long. And yeah, that were moment when, moments when I realized again how lucky I am actually that I get to experience all of that and that kind of helped. As a last thing, I want to tell you about the small trip I went on just before the lockdown with three friends. Two friends already had planned that trip and me and another friend spontaneously joined. They had already booked their train tickets and we came by bus and then the train was late. So a lot of mishappenings shaped that trip, which was still a lot of fun. We were supposed to meet in Himachal Pradesh near Shimla um, around one on a certain day. And uh, because of a lot of trains being late and this and that, we were supposed to start our hike at one and we started it at nine in the evening so around six we got there and it was already raining and we didn't know should we go through with it or not then we found a chai shop with an old auntie and made it our headquarters kind of we bought some plastic and sued ourselves raincoats out of it with <laughs> yeah with <laughs> in the most rudimental manner and already had a lot of fun doing this and eventually it was nine in the evening and we still decided to go on the hike although all of us were, were not really sure about it so it was raining and the plastic was rustling around our ears so we couldn't really see the other person people because it was so dark we also couldn't really hear them so at some point we all took our hands and were like in one long row and we had a flashlight and sometimes like the weather light or or a lightning would like again put light into the dark and we would realize that we're actually in a forest so we walked and walked and eventually it started hailing and everything was wet and we were so cold and we were like okay we need to pitch our tents right now so we were two guys and two girls so the two guys started to put up the tents while we two girls mostly just held the light so they could put it up uh, one of my friends started singing and we all and then when she suddenly stopped we were all like oh no it's so soothing please start again 
Yeah, <laughs> then we eventually, our things were so wet that we put all the wet things in one tent and all the four of us slept in a two-people tent, which was like a sardine box kind of a thing, so very, yeah, <laughs> very, very tight. But it was still fun. And uh, the next morning we were hiking on and it was very interesting for me to hike in a very similar landscape like home. But, uh, for example, chai is a big thing which comes with hiking here and Maggie, kind of a noodle soup. So like sitting somewhere and looking at the same panorama but drinking Indian chai with it was very funny for me. And one of my favorite moments was also when we met a couple of old ladies from the region, so locals, and they had with them some roasted wheat with sugar and nuts and a lot of things which probably they made at home. And they came and they poured it into our hands and that was really to give us so we can have it while we're walking on. And that was kind of really cute and really generous. And also there's always dogs which come and walk with you. So we had our dog which uh, accompanied us. And yeah, we eventually reached the mountain top, but then it started to hail again and everything. So eventually we went back from the trip a day earlier, which was also good because there was just a lockdown happening in Delhi. Uh, so that was a good thing. On our way back, we went into a bar because uh, the alcohol there was so cheap and my friends got really excited about this. And we were listening to our own music while sitting in the bar, which again would be very weird in Switzerland. But uh, all in all, a very fun trip on a lot of levels. At the very end, I have a small notice and a question for you. Because of a couple of different reasons, the lockdown going on and on in Delhi, the university and my family worrying about me and me not being able to do any research and also feeling kind of weird, uh, you know, like when people are just mourning the deaths of their, clo of their loved ones, I felt really weird to call them and ask them, oh, do you feel in between? So it just felt like a weird time to do research and uh, so I decided to go back to Switzerland and uh, wait out the lockdown there, enjoying the some summertime and seeing my loved ones and then coming back and staying longer till the end of the year. That's why for the next one to two months, this is the last episode straight out of Delhi. And I'll probably go back to doing more interview conversation types episodes. Now, here comes my question for you. Which episodes do you enjoy the most? The interview ones that have more of a structure and give a deep insight into an individual's life. I think of the one with uh, Jason or Adeline or the one about Jerusalem. Or the fragmented ones where I talk about the things that happened to me in Delhi, the thoughts I had and a little bit about my research. Or do you like the mix of both of them? Let me know. Uh, in whatever way, as uh, lately I'm thinking a bit more about where to take this podcast and which episodes yeah, are enjoyed the most. So let me know and talk to you in the next episode. Mm -hmm.